chapters 22 through 24 of the paradise or garden of the holy fathers book two by palladius this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter 22 of abba Basarian. the disciples of abba Basarian used to relate the story of his life and deeds in the following words the mode of life of the old man was that of the bird of the heavens and of the things which are in the waters and of the creeping things of the earth and he passed the whole period of his life in peace and in tranquillity for no anxiety as to the condition of his cell was ever present with him and his soul was never occupied with the desire to live in certain places and he never ministered during the whole course of his career to the satisfying of himself with food and he never gathered together or laid up for himself possessions in clothes or books but he was free from care about everything which concerned the body and he rejoiced in the hope of the good things which were to come and he was firm and immovable in the foundation of his faith and he followed the ascetic life strenuously he wandered hither and thither like one possessed in the season of frost he went naked and he was consumed with heat under the fierce rays of the sun at one time he lived under the rocks and at another in the desert and if it fell out and happened that he came to districts which were settled or to a place where a congregation of monks passed their whole lives together in the fulfillment of the rules of monasticism he would take his seat contently outside the door of the monastery now on one occasion having arrived at a certain monastery he sat down outside the door and he wept and wailed aloud after the manner of one who had been saved from a storm at sea and when one of the brethren had gone forth he found him sitting there like any poor man or beggar and having drawn nigh unto him compassionately he said unto him wherefore weepest thou o man if thou hast need of any of the necessities of life so far as in my power lieth i will give it unto thee rise up then and get thee inside the monastery and comfort thyself with the blessed companionship of the table with us then the blessed Basarian made answer unto him and said until i find the possessions of my house which i have lost and the numerous goods of the house of my fathers which i have lost in sundry and diverse ways i cannot live under a roof for pirates fell upon me at sea and a storm rose up against me and i have been shorn of my riches and from being a man of high degree i have become the object of contempt now that brother was astonished at these words and was grieved thereat and he went in and brought out some bread and gave it unto him saying father take this and the other things which thou hast mentioned that is to say country and family and riches god shall restore unto thee but abba Basarian cried out the more and with louder cries and lifting up his voice he said i know not if i shall be able to find that which i have lost and that which i seek for as far as i can see they will be removed from me still further and i am afflicted daily and am brought nigh unto death by reason of the violent storm of wickednesses innumerable which surround me and i endure them and rest upon hope that peradventure i may be worthy of mercy in the day of judgment chapter twenty three of the wonderful things which Abbasarian wrought. Abba Shaul, or Dulas, the disciple of Abba Basarian, used to say 
We came once to the bank of a lake, and I was athirst, and I said unto Abba Basarion, I am thirsty. And the old man prayed, and said unto me, Take water from the lake, and drink. And I went and drank, and I found the water to be sweet. And I drew therefrom, and filled all the water vessels which I had with me. For I thought that peradventure I should be thirsty again, when I continued my journey. Then the old man, seeing me do this, said, why fillest thou these vessels with water? And I said unto him, Forgive me, Father. But I did so, lest peradventure, as we continue our journey, I may become thirsty again. And he said to me, May God forgive thee, for here and there and everywhere God directeth us. And on another occasion he was traveling along a road, and he came to the river Chrysorion and there was nothing wherewith it might be crossed. And he stretched out his hands and prayed, and crossed over to the other side. Now I was astonished, and I offered unto him repentance, and said, Father, when thou wast passing over the river, how far up thy legs did thou feel the water? And he said unto me, As far as my ankles I felt the water, but all the rest of it was solid beneath my feet. And on another occasion we were journeying to a certain great sage, and the sun was nigh to set, and the old man prayed and said, I beseech thee, O Lord, to let the sun abide in his place until I come to thy servant. And it was so, and on another occasion I came to him in his cell, that I might speak with him, and I found him standing up in prayer, with his hand stretched out to heaven, and he remained standing up in this position for four days and four nights. And afterwards he called me, and said unto me, Come, my son. And we went forth and set out on the road. And being athirst, I said unto him, My father, I am athirst. Then he removed himself from me about a distance of a stone's throw, and prayed and came to me, and he brought with him his garment filled with water from the air. And I drank, and we traveled on our road until we came to Lycus, to Abijon. And after each had saluted the other, he prayed and sat down, and he discoursed concerning the vision which he had seen. And Abibasarian said, The degree of judgment hath gone forth from the Lord, that all the temples of the idols be blotted out. And this actually came to pass, for at that time they were all uprooted. And there was in Egypt a certain man who had a son that was a paralytic, and he took him on his shoulders, and brought him to Abibasarian, and left him by the door of his cell weeping. And he departed and went to a place some distance off. Now the old man heard the sound of the weeping of the young man, and he looked out, and seeing him, said unto him, Who art thou that art here? And the young man said, My father brought me here, and then went away, and I weep. Then the old man said unto him, Rise up, hasten after him, and overtake him. And straightway the young man was made whole, and he went to his father, who took him and departed. And on another occasion there came to the church a man who had a devil, and prayer was made on his behalf in the church. But the devil did not go forth for he was difficult to cast out. And the clergy said, What shall we do about this devil? For no man can cast him out except Abba Basarian. Let us entreat him concerning the man. 
and even though he cometh not to the church, let us act thus. Behold, the old man cometh to the church early in the morning before everyone else. Let us make the sick man to occupy the seat wherein the old man sitteth usually. And when he cometh in, let us stand up in prayer and say unto him, O Father, make to rise up this man also. And they did so. And when the old man came into the church in the morning, they rose up in prayer and said unto him, Father, make to rise up that brother. And Basarian went and struck him with his fist and said, Rise up and get thee forth. And straightway that devil went forth from the man, and he was made whole immediately. Chapter 24. The History of a Holy Man Who Possessed Nine Virtues The fathers used to say concerning a certain brother who lived in a large monastery, that having contended mightily and having been helped by God, he had made himself master of nine virtues, and that he was exceedingly desirous of making them ten but that in spite of many contendings he was unable to do so. Then the enemy, according to his custom, cast his arrows at him, and both by day and by night he vexed him, and troubled him in order that he might depart from the monastery wherein he was. And he advised him, saying, In another monastery thou wilt be able to complete the ten virtues. Now the brother, not understanding the cunning of the evil one, was led by such thoughts, which seemed to incite him to further spiritual excellence. And he departed and went to another monastery with the expectation that he would find that which he sought. And having been received into the monastery to which he had gone, after a very short time, through the contending of the calminator, he lost one virtue. And once again the calminator cast into his mind the thought that he would depart from that monastery, although he remembered his promise and said, Thou hast not only that which thou didst seek, but thou hast also lost which thou hadst. Then the brother, being sad and sorry about that which had happened unto him, departed and went to another monastery with the expectation that he would be able to acquire the virtue which he had lost, and also that he would be able to add another thereto. And whilst the brother was working and contending to acquire that virtue which he had lost, and that which he had coveted, the calminator, through his wicked craftiness, made him lose another. And he did the same thing to him on several occasions, and he made him to go out from one monastery and brought him into another so often that the brother at length lost four virtues. And the brother wandering about hither and thither, in a state of great agitation, in coming to a certain monastery, he rested himself and leaned against the door thereof, in dejection of spirit. And he cried over himself and wept because of what had happened unto him. Then having rested a little, he determined to go into that monastery in order to be received into it. And he told himself of all the things which had happened unto him, and all the trials which had attacked him in the monasteries wherein he had been. And he passed judgment upon his soul and said, Art thou able to bear all the trials which are in this monastery? And his soul made answer, saying, I place my trust in the mercy of our Lord, that he will give strength to my weakness, and that I shall endure them. Then, having decided these things in his thoughts, the brother wrote them all down on a piece of paper and placed them in his girdle, and he strengthened his thoughts to go into the monastery, that he might be received therein. Now, after he had been received and had lived in the monastery for a short time, he began to have freedom of speech with the brethren, 
and with the archmandrite. And temptations also began to assail him. Then he took out the written paper which was placed in his girdle, and read it and felt relieved. And this he continued to do whensoever temptation assailed him. And the brethren marveled that he was not perturbed when they were, for on several occasions when the brethren of that monastery were in a state of excitement, he had not permitted himself to be agitated with them in the smallest degree, and they wished to know the reason for this. And one day, when the monks were agitated and disturbed by a quarrel which was so serious that the matter nearly came to murder, that brother took the paper and looked at it, and as he was reading it, one of the brethren watched him. And when the tumult was over, and the brethren saw that he was not agitated, they marveled, and said, What is the meaning of this thing? And why is not that brother as excited as we are? Then the brother who had watched the monk read his paper revealed to them the matter, saying, He hath something in his girdle, and on account of it he remaineth undisturbed. And the brethren inquired into the matter, and they found that it was even as the brother had said. Then they approached the archmandrite, and said unto him, If thou dost not expel this brother, we will not remain here, and we will go forth, because he is a sorcerer, and behold, his sorceries are in his girdle. And the archmandrite promised to expel him. Now the archmandrite delayed the expulsion of that brother, and one night, whilst he was asleep, the archmandrite went in to him and took the paper from his girdle, and he read it and rejoiced with a great joy. And having read the paper, he put it back into the girdle of the brother, who knew not what had been done, and no other man knew. And after a short time, the brethren, through the agency of Satan, were greatly disturbed by a very serious quarrel and that brother was in no wise agitated. And when they saw he was not disturbed at all, and that he was wholly tranquil, they rose up against the archmandrite, saying, If thou dost not expel this brother, we will all depart forthwith. Then the archmandrite called the brother and said unto him, What is this that thy brethren are saying against thee? They are bringing an accusation against thee. And the brother expressed regret, saying, Yes, father, all their words are true but permit me to repent. And the archmandrite said unto him, But they say that thou art a sorcerer. And the brother said, Yes, I am even as they say, but I beseech thy piety, O father, that thou wilt allow me to repent here. Then the archmandrite said unto him, But they say that thy sorceries are in thy girdle. And the brother, being unwilling that his spiritual excellence should be revealed, fell upon his face before the archmandrite, and took hold of his feet, and made supplication to him, and wept with groans and sighs, saying, Expose me not, O Father, but forgive me for this once only, and I will repent with all my soul. Then the archmandrite, who knew the great advantage that would accrue to the whole brotherhood, would not be persuaded by him, and he commanded that his girdle should be loosened, and he himself took it, and brought out therefrom the paper, and he then ordered that all the brethren should be gathered together, and that the paper should be read in a prominent place, so that all of them might hear. And after the paper had been read, the brethren repented, and fell upon their faces before that brother. And they entreated him, saying, Forgive us, Father, for we have sinned against thee. Thus that brother benefited the whole brotherhood, and they regarded him as a father. End of chapters 22 through 24